The following was produced by Tearsheet Studios in partnership with small business lender Bluevine. It's Small Business Week, and Bluevine really wanted to highlight how it's helping small businesses, particularly around the Paycheck Protection Program. We brought a real customer on the podcast to talk about her challenges this past year and what's really helped her stay the course and come out better, stronger, on the other end. Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Tearsheet Editor-in-Chief, Zach Miller. Today, we're happy to have two guests with us. First, Eyal Lifshitz, CEO of Bluevine, is a third-generation small business entrepreneur who co-founded Bluevine to build a better financial future for small businesses. Eyal is joined by one of his customers, who he's going to introduce. Hi, Zach, and hi, everyone. I'm happy to be here to talk about the topic of supporting small businesses beyond the Paycheck Protection Program, also known as PPP. It's Small Business Week, and what a better time to discuss the impact of PPP with a small business owner. I have the pleasure of introducing you to Joy M. England, MPA, from Advocate in Action. Joy is a Bluevine customer who got a PPP loan from us back in 2020, and also coincidentally uses our checking account. She'll be joining us to share more about her story, what type of support she would like to see from the public and the private sectors in the upcoming years. Welcome, Joy. Hi, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. So Joy, can you tell us about your business story? Why did you start your business? How did the pandemic impact you? What was the greatest challenge from the past year? I know a lot of questions. Um, We'd love to hear from you. Sure. So, um, So in short, kind of our business story is I started Advocates in Action in 2016. Um, And I started it based off of noticing that there was just a gap in the way that services were being rendered um, to the population that I had spent my career serving, which is adults with disabilities. So um, we we had a pretty challenging few years in our our world. And um, when those shifts were happening, I just noticed that advocacy was kind of taking a backseat. And I was really pulled to making sure that I didn't let that happen as much as I could. So I created advocates to stand in the gap um, and to provide services that would empower families and encourage our clients to continue to chase their dreams um, and to not stop when everybody else told them that they should. Um, Even when we have big situations like changes in funding and different access to services. So that was kind of, that's the cliff notes version of of how advocates got started. Um, It's amazing to think that we have come this far in just four and a half years, Um, but here we are. So I think the next question was how did the pandemic um, impact us? And kind of the long and short of that as well is that we were able to pivot um, to a virtual service delivery system pretty well, Um, but we work with a very vulnerable population of individuals. And so they were hit very hard um, health-wise and otherwise being removed from their community and their families, um, especially folks that live in supported housing environments. So it was really tough to go from the engaging uh, relationships that we had and getting able to see our clients and be in their presence to having to do everything virtually. Um, It was hard to explain that to a lot of our clients. So there was a lot of panic and confusion on top of the already panicked and confused state that we were all operating in. So that was really hard. We were blessed that we were able to um, really not take a huge economic impact initially. We were able to really kind of pivot pretty well in terms of um, staffing and billing services as the pandemic began. Um, It was really much more of the client service side that was impacted by 
uh, by COVID and still really continues to be. Um, and I think the last, the last part of that first question was what was our greatest challenge um, this past year? And really um, the biggest challenge was moving into that remote virtual space. Human interaction and connection is a huge part of what we do at Advocates. So shifting to fully virtual while ensuring we were still connecting meaningfully was a challenge. Um, it still presents a bit of a challenge, but we've able to overcome some of those things with innovation and technology. Um, and my team is really great at making sure that we're still, um, you know, advocating and standing in the gap for our folks that are trusting us to support them. That's great. And um, I, I applaud you for um, going through this you know, very difficult time and, and weather in the storm. Now, Joy, describe your experience applying for the Paycheck Protection Program. What emotions were you feeling at the time? Did you encounter any challenges during the process? How was it like? So we um, applied what I think is probably a little late in the game um, to some of the other folks. So we applied late in the summer of 2020. Um, and I'm going to be really honest and transparent because that's all that I know how to be. Um, but I was very intimidated by the process or my perception of what the process would be. Um, I remember thinking like other people should apply for this. It, maybe we're not impacted enough. Um, and I think that just comes from our service standpoint. We're so used to being the helper. Sometimes it's hard to accept the help. Um, but I researched and I found Bluevine um, and the process was really seamless and supportive. And that made it really easy for um, a small business owner like me who gets a little intimidated by the financial sides of things at times, um, especially when there were so many unknowns. So, um, so I would say in terms of the emotions, we're really just a little bit of confusion, um, probably some fear. I think, you know, just not knowing what to expect, what really was the program, what was, what was going to be expected? Did we really qualify? Um, making sure that we were um, the right candidates and and all of that. So, um, but like I said, when once I connected with Blue Vine, it was really it was so seamless. Um, the interaction was always professional. It was always empathetic. It was always from a standpoint of we've got your back through this. Ask us the questions. We've got you. Like it's you don't. There's no need for panic here. Like this is a, a safe space, and we can guide you through. Um, and that really made all the difference for me. So what I'm talking about, like if your vision for Bluevine, you continue to grow with products and services and continue to service small businesses, the SBA steps up, they have more funding, they make it easier to work with them, more digital access. Um, what would it be like to operate a small business in that type of environment? I mean, I think it would be better. It would be, you know, the more access to services um, and specifically with SBA financing um, that is easily or more easily accessible, um, the better it is for, for small businesses to have access to these type of, of support. For us, we when we think about what services and products we want to get into, we're always listening to our customers, hearing where we can be helpful, helpful to them, how we can integrate in terms of our service offering, things that would make their life easier. So if SBA comes out um, and makes the availability of, of these new or even existing services more applicable for fintechs like us, we will certainly look to integrate them with our offering and make them um, easily accessible and friendly, same as we've done with PPP. So it, it very much aligns with our future vision. And um, would I like to have in our product suite um, more integration of government um, services? The answer is yes, as long as they're friendly 
and ones that small businesses want. If those are services that do not align or are, are difficult or they don't really um, measure up to the needs of, of the business owners, then we wouldn't do that. But if they are, then we would be very interested to integrate them within our offering. Um, Ayala, I'd like to switch uh, gears to you. Um, studies have shown that fintechs played an outside role in helping people like Joy get access to funding. And I know we reported a lot about that, um, both here on the podcast, the Tearsheet podcast, and on our website. Um, but from your experience, and, and based on some of the information Joy shared about her story, uh, what makes fintechs better suited to support businesses through processes like this? That's a great question, Zach. So I think one important um, data point for the listeners to realize that small businesses face up to 80% chance of rejection when applying for a traditional bank loan. So this is not just um, related to PPP. That was even before the pandemic. Using PPP as an example, it was one of the first time that the SBA programs that actually allowed fintechs to easily participate. Businesses benefited from a digital approach, which allowed for faster loan approvals and more inclusive access to capital. That's what fintechs know how to do. And fintechs demonstrated how agility and speed can better serve small businesses. During the rollout of PPP, fintechs played an outside role in genuinely helping the smallest and most vulnerable businesses. For example, um, Bluevine, we provided over $8.5 billion to almost 300,000 small business owners. Uh, Just to break that down even further, in 221 alone, we have provided access to over $4 billion in PPP loans to over 200,000 small businesses. And our average loan, again, to demonstrate that no small business is too small for us, our average loan across both programs was roughly $24,000-$25,000. We've been able to help save over 600,000 jobs um, during this program and um, just been really feel fortunate to be able to contribute in the way that we have. And a big part of it is that we have always been uh, structured and suitable for serving hundreds and thousands of small businesses online and feel very proud to have been able to step up as part of this program. So uh, turning it back to Joy. Um, so PPP was one program, it's soon to be over. Are there any other solutions or programs that you'd like to see these agencies grow in the upcoming years? I mean, sure. I think that, um, you know, I think prior to the pandemic um, and my experience with Bluevine and the PPP program, um, I'll be honest, I steered away from structured federal funding. Um, I think there might be like this real thing, at least that I experienced, that was like hashtag fed fear. Like I just stayed away um, from that as a grant writer for so many years and stuff. I just felt like it's just not an avenue I wanted to go. So once once I was a small business owner, I definitely found myself steering away and, and really looking more locally. Um, and then PPP and Bluevine truly helped me to see that there was no reason to fear it um, and that there, there are programs out there that are designed to help. And I think for future programs or solutions, um, one big thing is that there should be an easier process for startup funding, especially in specialized direct service fields that we're in. Um, 
grant and contract funding is wonderful, but it's highly competitive and it's very much a catch 22 because you have to present yourself as the most eligible person to render this service, rightfully so. But at the same time, if you don't have a ton of experience because you're a newer business, then you don't present as well as some of your competitors. So it makes some of that funding really, really hard um, to get a hand on if you don't have that experience footprint. Um, it just makes you less competitive. So I really think that the Biden administration and the SBA leveling the playing field is another solution um, to just help us have equitable, you know, hands in the game kind of thing. Like, I just think that for, for the small but mighty of us, it makes it almost impossible for us to get our hands on the funding that is really needed, especially in the beginning Um And I think that looking at tax codes and the disparity in the same tax to a small service company like myself and a large financial institution, it just sets us up for a harder fight than is probably necessary. Um, So I think that just doing those those things and how that would get implemented would be so impactful to small business and really grow um, our communities and strengthen employment rates and just everything. So um, I could talk about that for a long time, but that that's what I think um, in regards to newer programming. Uh, I'm also curious to know, like, you know, having talked with Joy here on, on the podcast, how do stories like Joy hit you? How do they land on you? How do they resonate with you? I mean, it brings them to life. Um, we, we serve today tens of thousands of, of small businesses. We've, we've served hundreds of thousands. And um, we're always thinking about what we can do more for them, how we can create products that make their life simpler and easier from the financial side. But having these conversations also brings their story to life. Behind every one of our of our customers, our clients, there is a story, there is a whole world. Um, there are entrepreneurs too. And hearing from them around what they do day to day, the challenges that they run uh, in how they've, you know, um, whether the storm through the pandemic, um, it's just important for me to connect and, and to really kind of understand what's going on uh, with them. So for me, like that is really important, not just at the high level as we're building this for the category of small business, but actually getting to know our customers and, and what they go through. Thanks, Troy. I really appreciate that. And uh, I love that expression of fed fear and, and, and what that meant to you in, in, in your process. Um, y'all, for existing funding options outside of PPP, and I'm thinking like 7A loans, um, how do you think the SBA could better simplify and streamline applications? And, and I guess a corollary to that, should should it bolster its digital approach and invite more fintech partners like Bluevine to the table? The answer is yes. <laughs> um, so first, anyone that, any business owner that applied for an SBA loan outside of PPP knows there's just a mountain of paper involved, paperwork involved. Applying for these loans is is incredibly challenging, and qualifying has been proven difficult for many businesses. To truly serve the businesses that loans like these were created for, certainly the administration should revise them, simplify them, make them more easily accessible. Uh, And in addition to that, go beyond a one-size-fits-all approach. As PPP proved, certain industries, such as restaurants, need individual support, and more specialized programs can really benefit the entire economy. Um, my suggestion for the SBA is to update programs, respective rules, including a simplified application, clearer criteria for qualifying, and certainly an expedited approval process. 
these moves together with a push to digitize because um, you know, if anything, the pandemic has shown that it is a lot um, you know, more convenient to access financial services online. Um, so certainly they need to continue the push to digitize the infrastructure and support it. This will further democratize the loan process, helping small businesses access the capital they need to get started. And I, again, I think with fintechs uh, being part of it um, and getting the support that they need, that will further bolster the programs and, and make them more friendly to small businesses. Back to you, Joy. Um, you know, knowing all these challenges, did you find any creative ways to support other small businesses over the past year? Absolutely. I mean, we are advocates um, and supporters at our core. Um, you know, it's we're called advocates in action for a reason. And so we, we always try to support our community. Um, we believe the model that everyone can win. You know, we try not to set ourselves up as competition for other small businesses that we're all trying to gain together um, as opposed to uh, opposing each other. So we always try to shop, shop lo locally for our business needs and we hire locally whenever possible to help in addressing the employment crisis that is um, plaguing our community. Um, and I would also say too that, you know, we try to really encourage the inclusion of adults with a variety of abilities um, in all the things that we do. So bringing them into our creative space and bringing them into our, um, certainly any open positions that we have, but it's a way of really embracing our community and by uh, the byproduct of that is, is you know, encouraging the participation in the small businesses around us. Um, our main office is right in a small business district. We are right on the main street, literally on main street um, in downtown Tom's River. So we are right in the heart of small business. Um, and it's amazing to watch that revitalization and everyone band together during this time. That's just unprecedented for us. Um, so we really just try to always give back to the community whenever we can. Uh, we do that also with our time. We give our staff volunteer days um, that are paid for for them to go and in, in, in their communities. We have staff um, in multiple states now, so they're able to give back to their local communities as well. Um, so we really try and make that a part of our culture day in and day out. Hey, Al, I've got a question for you. Um, it often feels like small businesses make headlines during presidential elections or a disaster like the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, but when you look at the data, they make up almost half of the country's economic output and, and generate two thirds of net new jobs in 2019. Um, how can we make sure that we're continuously supporting and prioritizing small, the small business community? You know, Zach, you're, you're exactly right. And just referring again to the pandemic, about one out of six small businesses have closed since the start of it. And those who remain open are facing severe dips in revenue. So it is more important than ever before to support small businesses. As business owners emerge from the pandemic, um, they need a trusted banking partner more than ever. Um, for us, Bluevine, I envision, I envision us offering more innovative and impactful products to help small businesses um, and then better reaching the smallest of them that need help the most. In terms of the broader community at large, um, I would suggest and encourage continuing to support your local SMBs in any way that you can. I'm a big fan of, of buying local. Hey, y'all, um, the Small Business Administration, the SBA, historically receives less funding than other agencies. I think when we pulled the data in 2019, uh, the agency's budget was like $1.2 billion, while the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, for example, receives $1.5 billion annually on average. 
Uh, and the largest federal agencies receive hundreds of billions each year. So if we devoted more funding to the SBA, what kinds of long-term solutions or programs would you like to see the agency grow in coming years? Uh, Zach, you're absolutely right. Um, I, I think the SBA should get more funding. Um, I think it's an important agency, and I think with more funding, they can do more. Moving forward, um, I see the SBA and other federal bodies, it doesn't need to be just the SBA, they have an opportunity to implement new funding programs and other solutions to help small businesses thrive um, rather than just survive. You know, we're out of the pandemic, so this is, you know, or at least we're coming out of it. And I would like to see us think about the next chapter, not just not just the um, you know disaster scenario. Um, fintechs as a, as a category, um, allowing them to participate uh, in more federal aid and loan programs, I think would be very effective. We've seen fintechs contribute um, in PPP in the pandemic, and there's no reason this should stop now. And then the last thing that I would say is like businesses would benefit from a digital pros. Uh, you know, the transition to digital, digital as part of everything that was going, I think that's that's the big positive in my mind. Um, as a result, there's certainly a lot of negative and mostly negative from, from the crisis that happened. The one um, shining light was uh, the move to digital, which I do think helps um, small businesses being more effective. I think this should also play a part here uh, for the purpose of faster loan approvals and more inclusive access to capital. Yeah, what gets you out of bed every morning? It's a, it's a good question. I'm really passionate about what we do in the company. Um, any startup, any founder knows that startups are hard. Uh, you're trying to build something from nothing and um, every day is a, you know, a new firefight. You know, you're, you're building for the long term, but every day is a new day in the trenches. It is impossible to do this certainly for a longer period of time. And I've been doing this for almost eight years now without having real passion to the cause. And the fact that I know that we are building for small businesses a category um, that I'm, you know, I think is really kind of the um, the basis of the economy and, and, and one that I feel our fellow entrepreneurs, I feel like the fact that we are there for them and we're building to support their success is something that certainly fires me and gives me motivation to get out of bed every morning. Um, so you, you can't do that without having real passion for the cause and I certainly do. Okay, now Joey, let's, uh, let's end this. Um, my last question is, um, what remains your biggest ob obstacle um, to your business growth and success in the next year? And um, how can we help level the playing field a bit more? So I think for us, um, what remains the biggest obstacle really is just awareness. So being invited to an opportunity like this really helps a small company like mine um, to bring awareness to my community locally and otherwise, um, not only that we're here and we're thriving and, and we're here to help, um, but it also just brings awareness to, you know, we, we like to call ourselves social change agents because we are... Um, advocates for employment for all and employment inclusion. So I think one of the biggest challenges that we continue to face um, and has been even more pronounced now that the world has been so virtual is the inclusion of um, 
employment for all. So adults with disabilities, they are an important part of our workforce and they have suffered tremendously during the pandemic. So being the voice for them and helping to remind people that this is an important part of our work force and that them not to be excluded. So that awareness is definitely um, certainly a huge obstacle for us. And I think leveling the playing field, I mean, it really happens. Um, you you are really already doing that through, through the services that you provide at Bluevine. I have to say, you're looking out for the small enterprises and you're sharing in our vision and standing with us through support and attainable financial programs. I mean, that is really I can't think of much more you could do. Um, you really, I see you as an advocate for us um, and we need that. We need someone with a little bit of a bigger voice to, to stand up for us. And that's certainly what our mission is at Advocates to do. So it's um, a privilege to link up with a company that values the small business enterprise and, and really has our best interests at heart and makes things so clear and comfortable. Um, so yeah, I really think you guys are doing a great job and I would just say, keep doing it. Awesome, I really appreciate that. And thank you for saying that. Uh, it gives us uh, more motivation to keep uh, pushing forward from our side. That was Blue Vine's Ayal Lifshitz talking about the impact of PPP on small businesses. It's part of a series Tearsheet Studios is running with Blue Vine. Go to our website, tearsheet.co to listen and read the other parts of the series.